Welcome to the Awaken the Awesome podcast with your host, Olivier D. This is Awaken the Awesome, a podcast where we acknowledge that we are all in this together. Through enlightening conversations and personal insights, we like to engage with individuals just like you who show us how they are bringing a little bit of awesomeness along their individual journeys. Our hope is to inspire you to always keep pushing and to stay awesome along the way. What defines a champion? Medals? Trophies? The scoreboard? The endless training and practice sessions? The high-level expectations we put on ourselves? The ferocious dedication to our craft bred from a very early age through our family legacy? The clear sense of direction we've sharpened over the years? Or is it something else? I don't have the answers, but fortunately, through a journey marked by ambition, resilience, discipline, and personal struggles, my next guest, Neisa Etienne, is firmly suited to provide a few. Having accomplished so much as a trailblazer for women's tennis in her native Haiti as a local champion, as well as on the international circuit all the way to the Sydney Olympics, a tip of the hat is certainly due. One could also say that old habits are hard to kill, as we were graced with Nisa's dominating presence on the court as the only female player at the recent 2020 edition of the Profine Open Tennis Championship that took place last November. Indeed, when you decide to come out of retirement after more than 10 years, making a statement is undeniable. On this episode, Nisa very candidly opens up about the critical role parents play in one's journey towards greatness, the importance of discipline, knowing your priorities, never backing down from a challenge, paving the way, and so much more. An incredible conversation, which I do hope you'll enjoy. So let's get into this. Awaken Yasum, episode 148 with Nisa Etienne. Here we go. Well, I have to say it has to be a very fun-filled recording for me. I'm going to be right off the bat with this. This is kind of like really fun and giddy and emotional because, you know, again, I like to say this to all the listeners, the randomness of life. You know, if you just go out there and you just like pay attention to the randomness of stuff that happens around you, you have no idea who's going to end up on the receiving end of your podcast. For me, this is a lot of fun to welcome someone who we do have a shared past uh, in regards to, I used to go to summer camp and we shared, you know, to the same tennis academy uh, that was coached by our father. And we're definitely going to get into that. But for me, it's, it goes even deeper than that. It goes even recently, a couple of weeks ago, you know, just before the holidays, I noticed on uh, my Haitian feeds that there was a lot of talk about a certain individual who came out of retirement and actually went back on the tennis court um, because uh, tennis in Haiti is actually, you know, a very, you know, not as, you know, prevalent as it probably should be. But this person has made her mark as one of the, you know, forefathers or four mothers of tennis <laughs> in itself and has actually made her name. And she, her name goes around all the tennis circles uh, back home and her career speaks for itself. Uh, she is a champion. She is a role model. She is a mother. Uh, she is a definite example of uh, what we should strive for in terms of our achievement and following our dreams and also stepping back from them when sometimes uh, we can notice that, you know, maybe sometimes that it's important to, you know, lay down the racket and, you know, focus on what matters to us. So with all this and all the excitement and you guys feel the excitement in my voice, <laughs> thank you so much for accepting the invitation and welcome to be to the Waking the Awesome podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Oh my God, it's a pleasure to be with you and awesome to catch up with you again. I mean, you're taking me back, way back to our childhood, you know. It's and... been a while, <laughs> just leading up to the episode, because, you know, it's it, it's fun, because again, it's a it's a shared childhood, and I have the best memories of Jotak 
And uh, for me, it's like, you know, it's one of those chapters in your life that you just do not forget. It's one thing that, you know, you, Olivier, Jean-Fael, you know, everybody, it was just like, it was a re really, really, really fun times. And, you know, for, you know, I didn't pick up soccer. I didn't pick up basketball, but tennis stays with me. It just, it just will not go away. I tried, but it just will not go away. So I get the same feeling, you know, just looking at tennis matches. I used to, I used to watch the Agassi days, but right now it's just like, just having you here and just having the opportunity to catch up. It's, it's a lot of fun. So again, I'm really, really grateful for your time. Well, likewise, it's a pleasure to be with you tonight and exchange stories, you know, and that's, Let's do this. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> it was it was really really random when that happened, as you know that Instagram does, you know. And again, we all have you know shared. That's the thing about Haiti, like you know we're all over the place. So you know when you hear noise happening within your Haitian circles, you're like, huh, what's going on? And that's when you know I got wind of the uh, Pofin Open, basically uh, the what happened a couple of weeks ago. And you know the one thing, it's one thing to see you know tennis still trying, well, well still you know being so. Active active within the community because again you know like i said soccer is still prevalent basketball as well but tennis has always been there and it's always people like you who has always been you know holding the torch and keeping it alive so i really appreciate that but for me what really stood out and i'm not going to shy away from this you being not only the only woman in the roster that's one thing but also you know you also you made two waves so basically you're the only woman in the open and second you came out of retirement out of like a 10 plus year hiatus. So there's some, there was a story there. I'm like, first of all, Nisa still playing. Nisa was retired. I didn't even know this. And second, why is she the only woman? I need to know this. So, <laughs> but I really want to circle back because this is really what I want to start with. You know, really with everything that you've achieved and, you know, having taken such a long hiatus, let's just call it what it is. What makes you get out of your own shadow? And you know what? Let me take up the racket and let me see what I got. How did it feel to step back on the court again? Amazing. I, I must say, it felt amazing. I mean, of course, you're nervous and all because I, have to, I must say, I guess, you know, me stepping out, like you said, of my hiatus, my hiatus, you know, people were looking forward to seeing me and also intrigued on seeing a woman play. So I must say the Profin Open did an amazing job in promoting the first match because, as you know, the first, my first match was pretty quite, you know, difficult one against people which, you know, in the tennis community, we all know each other, you know, everybody knows them. So, I mean, that was a little stressful, but I must say the experience, it, it was amazing. The adrenaline was amazing. But above all, what I must say, it's the love I got from everyone. For Like, it, it was just unbelievable. Were you surprised? You know? Yes, I was surprised. How come? You know, because, because I've been to, I don't know, I just didn't expect it because I've been going to see you know a few of the matches the men play you know the finals and stuff there were people watching but wow it was just this it was packed the last time i saw the stadium packed like that during the final was during davis cup and you know how long we, we've had davis cup in haiti it's been a while so yeah. i don't know i i i was surprised but it touched my heart really it touched my heart because everyone was rooting for me and that felt good But you rightfully know? so, rightfully so, because yeah. again, you've made a name for yourself. You made a career yourself through no fault of your own, but also you've, you've championed it. You went after your passion and, you know, it's, it's a very small community. As you said, we all know each other. So, you know, when word gets around that Nisa is getting back on the court, it's something to take notice. And, you know, just throughout your own experience, okay, we're not going to bury the lead that she went, but that's not what's important. <laughs> 
how 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 what, what what were your takeaways like you know was it was it a great experience what did you did you feel like okay maybe you could have played better overall how do you assess your your performance overall well overall i mean again like i i mean you're always going to look at you know the negative and how to get better for the next time you know of course And I mean, the, the, the one thing I'm going to say is that I'm no longer 15. That's, that's the <laughs> one thing, <laughs> you know, because I, I have to admit, I got injured during the final while playing and I'm still suffering the consequences. So that alone tells you that your body is recovering, you, you know, it, it is different than when you were younger. But the, the takeaway is that, you know, I, I can, we, we all, no matter the age, you know, as long as you have the determination and the will to go out there and give your best and, train and, 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 you know, do what you love, there's no limit, you know, you go out there and, and you just play. So to me, it's, it proved to me that even if I, if I had stopped for so long that, you know, cause I, I did put in the work, you know, the, the waking up early in the morning, the workout, you know, so, but it was satisfying, you know, it, it was amazing to see that for myself, you know, that I still have it within me to, to have the discipline to do what needs to be done in order to perform, you know, and, And it was amazing to see that my body did not let me down. And it felt amazing, you know, and it just, now I just have to work harder, get my leg back, you know, on track. And and next time, you know, try to go for the win. <laughs> and you know what? That's something that I applaud because just hearing you speak about the determination, the, you know, putting in the work because, you know, you've been around the circle before. So, you know, if you're going to go to a championship level, you got to bring a championship attitude. So what does that say about what was the com I'm curious as to what the conversation was like in your head when you realize, okay, I registered, I signed up, I'm going to do this. Because a lot of people could just cower down and say, hey, I haven't played in over 10 years. Why, why am I going to humiliate myself? Why would I get on the court? Like, you know, there's, there's people like, you know, they're going to oust me. I'm the only woman. I'm talking to the people listening to us who come up with so many excuses just not to go you know just not to take the chance you know you know what i'm talking about just not to take the chance not to no. just find the best excuses to just cower down and walk away what was that conversation like well to me i mean i i i always say you know win or lose you just go out there and give it your all as long as you give it your all and you know you did everything possible to 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 to, to win then that's all you can ask for because you know in the life of an, of an athlete You're not going to win all the time. And it's the time that you lose, it's how you get back up. You know, those are the most important things. You are going to fall. You're not going to win all the time. You know, in life, you don't. So you just have to know that you go out there, you just give it your all. Do your best. And you just keep going every time. Simple your, as that. What's your earliest memory? Because I know uh, tennis runs really deep in your family. <laughs> but I never think that, you know, throughout all the conversation we had as kids, I never asked you that. How old were you when you started like how far back does tennis go like when do you remember you're picking up your first racket well I, I don't think I remember picking up my first racket but I know at three years old I started playing you know but my mom that used to early go to the club. yeah that early but it it wasn't like my mom was going there so she just took me there you know and I had my racket and I would go on the court some days I would play some days I wouldn't play you know but I started being on the tennis court at the age of three 
So it's never something that, because I'm talking, because again, you know, as parents, I'm always looking, you know, down at my, my mm-hmm. kids. Okay. How, how am I going to stimulate, you know, the, the game into them? Not, not just tennis, but any, you know, you know, a- athletic activity. So yeah. just coming from your perspective, such an achieved family, you know, athletically speaking, how do you, do you believe that we should, you know, impose something on our kids? Like, Hey, do ballet. Cause you're going to do ballet or do soccer. Cause you know, soccer, or do tennis. Was that the, the kind of environment you go in? It's like, okay. Let's see what she picks up. If she likes it, she likes it. If she doesn't, she doesn't. You know, what, what would be your, your tips and how to best, you know, help our kids pick up something, yeah. whether tennis or otherwise? Yeah, I, I must say me, I'm a strong believer in sport, no matter what sport it is. I believe sport gives kids a certain discipline in life, you know, and I think it's important. So, if you, you know, if you ask me, it, it is important to have your kids do something. For me, with my son, um, I, I was aware that I play tennis and I don't want to push him and force him into playing soccer, uh, into playing tennis, sorry. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, you know, I wanted to introduce him to the game, but also not push him. And I must say that he plays with my dad. He doesn't play with me. Wow. You know, because, <laughs> yeah, because, you know, I'm mom and I see also with me, he tends to just want to clown around, you know, just have, you know, just he's not serious when, it, when it, he's with me. So I'm mom. So I, I had to learn to step away because the comp- the competitiveness of, of me, you know, sometimes I want to come on and be like, look how focus, do it right. So on that aspect, I am for him going to the sport. He plays with my dad. And me, I didn't want to only push tennis because, again, like I said, I don't want to impose it. So okay. I had also enrolled him into soccer. So he was playing soccer as well. Because to me also, I think it's important that a kid, you know, when they're young, they need to do different things. So they need to find their way. You know, they need to know what they like, what they don't like, you know, because he might like soccer more than tennis. You know, unfortunately, if there was basketball of other sport in Haiti, maybe I wouldn't enroll him also. But for now, it's tennis and soccer for, in order for him to have the ability to, you know, to, to, to diversify you know, his knowledge of the, of sports in general and see what suits him better. Okay. So that's my perspective. And for now, that's what he's doing. He likes both. I don't pressure on, you have to do one over the other mm-hmm. for now. Cause I think he's young later on in life. Eventually he will have to choose one. If you, if you want to do it correctly, you cannot do multiple things. You know, you have to focus on one. So when you're young, I think you do need different things. I'm not saying 20 million activities because I think some parents I hear, they have they have piano, dance, karate, tennis. It's too much, you know? I, I don't think they're going to do any of them correctly, you know? Mm-hmm. So you need to to, to to pick and choose and see the, the couples or three that the, the kids like, you know? Mm-hmm. So me, I'm for that. And I, I, I always said my kids are not going to be count, like sit at home on an iPad all the time. I, I am not that type of mother to me. I, I feel like activities and sport is important in a kid's life. I think I was laughing when I heard you talk about competitiveness because you were talking about you being competitive and trying to you know, just like play because your son is playing with your dad. And I just have rewind of your dad. <laughs> You know, just yelling at us. <laughs> you have I to see your... my dad now, okay? He's a softie. Because <laughs> your dad, from what I remember, again, really fondly. And you know what? He was on the court. He was all business. Like, okay, like during <laughs> during breaks, it was like water breaks, like joking around all, all the time. But the second we were on the court, 
it was all business, like business. five laps and like, you know, just knock the balls <laughs> and just like, okay, hold your racket this way, serve, and then go, just go do other five laps. It was <laughs> insane. How much yeah. of that do you think has shaped, uh, you know, your journey as an athlete? Oh, everything. Everything. Because I mean, if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't be here right now. If it wasn't for him installing that, you know, consistency and that determination, that discipline within me, I wouldn't have made it. I wouldn't have won my first ITF tournament or win any of the tournament that allow me to to have this path through tennis. So when it comes to tennis, I, I owe everything to my dad. He's the one that, you know, that introduced me to tennis taught me how to play, you know, was there day in and day out. So, you know, yes, you know, when you look back when you're young, like, oh, dad was so strict, waking me up at six in the morning on a Sunday. But today, seeing how disciplined I am right now with, you know, with my life and how tennis helped me become who I am today, especially in my time of needs, tennis is the one that helped me brighten my day and got out of it. I mean, I went to him, you know. And see, that speaks a lot, you know, as you know, as you mentioned, we're, we're both parents and, you know, you talk about your experiences, you know, in your childhood and, you know, speaks a lot in regards to perspective, I guess, when you go through stuff when you're a kid and you're like, oh, my parents are so unfair. But when you, you know, you look at the baggage and the value of what's instilled into you over time makes you very grateful, doesn't it? <laughs> of course. Yeah, it does. You know, and I must say, too, I have my mom that made the balance. You know, my mom was there, you know, at home because, you know, my dad being a coach was early morning, late at night. So my mom was there, you know, school, making us studying, taking us to tennis. So they each had their, you know, played their part into shaping who I am today. You know, yes, my dad on tennis court, but my mom, you know, the mental aspect of it, you know, being the mom, the loving, the loving parent, if. If, if I may, you know, because you need both in your life, I think, you know, you need, you need both. And my parents, you know, I'm, I'm since we're talking about tennis, I said my dad, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's both of them, my mom and my dad, you know, because um, I was always curious, you know, did you ever feel the pressure of being the coach's daughter? <laughs> the coach's daughter. I mean, <laughs> Did I? Like, did, did, did you ever feel like, well, you know, you're like, because again, everybody's looking at me, so I better perform because they, you know, just just putting it in the summer camp. Like, you know, when you say I have like, you know, mini matches or something like, you know, because, you know, I'm the coaches though, so I need to outperform or something. Did you ever feel that no, pressure? I I never felt the pressure that, that I'm the coach's daughter, that I need to be better because at the end, I mean, I think I saw... All of us, I mean, I'm speaking for, for myself, but I, I, I feel like all of us, we were a big family, you mm-hmm. know? So to me, I don't think I felt pressured in that way, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe more pressured because my dad wanted me to win. So maybe just pressured, just having to win just to please my dad. But I never thought about him being my coach. And if that makes sense, I don't know. Yeah, it makes sense. I saw, makes sense. It's another I saw conversation. All of you, as brothers and you know we grew up like a family if we you did. know and 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 yeah so i never felt pressured oh i'm the coach's daughter because i think he was all of us coaches you know he was. He, was. It, he was it was just on the on the other side he's my dad so he's as my dad. dad i wanted to please him 
if that makes sense you it know makes total sense it makes total sense i'm asking because sometimes you know um because there is a young uh, a younger audience that listens to the podcast and sometimes mm-hmm. you know we i i dealt with that also growing up because you know we're at that chapter where we're trying to define ourselves and trying to feel mm-hmm. out you know figure out what we want and sometimes we we're, we're ashamed or something we're a little bit scared to you know just voice ourselves or be ourselves you know and sometimes you know again from your perspective being the champion that you are sometimes it's nice to look at yourself in the mirror and say okay okay am i am i that good okay am i performing for myself am i performing for the appreciation or you know acceptance of my authority you know because I, I dealt with yeah. that in school you know so that's why i was just asking the question did you ever feel that yeah. pressure over time so well i mean um I see where you're coming from. I think, you know, at the beginning, I, you know, when you're young, also, you don't know who you are yet. I don't, I mean, you have an idea of what you, who you think you are, but you still have, you're still learning, you know? And I think for me, um, when it came to tennis, I, it really clicked for me and where I was playing for myself. I don't know. I was happy and I felt confident. It clicked at 17 years old. It did. Yes. My last year of juniors, that's when, I don't know, all of it just clicked for me. You know, some people might say, wow, 17, it's late. I mean, that's when it clicked for me. Like I I could just go out there and just perform and and play for me, you know? So it took me a while because don't forget, I left Italy at 13. It was hard for me. I went to Panama. That was early. You left left at 13 and you went to Panama. How was that, man? You didn't speak the language, did you? No, I didn't. And I didn't even I didn't speak English or Spanish, you know? So that was tough. And as you can see in the Caribbean or America, there are very few countries that speak French. So That's I was true. the only French-speaking person and, you know, with everyone speaking Spanish and English. So that was a transition on its own because I had to learn the language. You know, I went to an American school, and but everybody spoke Spanish. So, I mean, again, today I'm grateful for that because today I can have a conversation with someone in Spanish, you know? And so, you know, I tried to take every positive thing. But what I'm trying to say is that, you know, I had, you know, leaving home at 13. So that was hard for me to find myself in a new place. You know, then the academy moved to the States. So, you know, traveling abroad and all that. So it took me a while. Yes, my game was getting better. I was improving, you know. I mean, yes, I I, I put in the work. I'm just saying it just clicked for me at 17. That is amazing. That is amazing. And... You know what? It's 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 so heartwarming to hear you say that in regards to, you know what, you want to elevate your game. And at some point, I'm pretty sure that you and your parents had the conversation with you know what uh, Haiti cannot provide you with the structure or, you know, with the means to elevate your game to the level that you need it to be. So, you know what, we should probably change your environment. And for a lot of people like trying to dip their toes into a new environment, the, you know, the very frightening comfort zone. Try to coach us. How do you deal with that discomfort? Because a lot of people don't understand that. You know what? Your greatness lies outside of your bubble. And I'm wondering that's something that you experienced. No, I I mean, first of all, I think if I had stayed in Haiti already, you know, competition, you need players. You need need people to compete with, you know? Mm -hmm. So already that there was a little, you know, more competition abroad, you know, constantly. And I don't know if you remember when I was playing, they used to have me play with the boys. So there were Mm -hmm. not many women playing at you know, my level. Even back so, then, yeah. Even back then. So there were women playing, but they were just, I was just better. So I remember my dad did that with Jennifer. Do you remember Jennifer? I do. I do, I do. Mm-hmm. Jennifer, she did, he did that with Jennifer and then he continued that tradition with me, you know, playing with the boys. So I think to me, going abroad was whew, 
took my game to a whole nother level because tennis is not only tennis. I learned so many other things, you know, that came, like some days, but that came after Panama. But some days my training was sitting at a table learning patterns, you know, on uh, of, of tennis, you know, wow. so it, 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 it opened my, my awareness of what tennis is about to a whole nother level, you know? So for me, leaving was a great experience, you know, and it's not easy. My mom, it was very hard for her because at, you're 13. You're still a young kid, you know, you're a kid. so you're a kid. So my dad was for it. My mom, it took a, a lot of convincing, you know, but eventually, like you said, you know, we had to sit down and say, listen, we need to do what's best for her. She has the talent. Let's give her the opportunity and let's see where it goes. If it doesn't work out, then she can always come back. And that's where my journey went. You know, it wasn't easy. My dad was four. My mom, no. So, <laughs> but with a lot of convincing and talking and trying to see the pros and cons as a family, we decided that, you know, let's take our chances. And I must say, and I, and I, and I do want to say that because, you know, a lot of people think that when I say, you know, I believe in sports too, I want to add to, you know, being, discipline and doing a sport correctly my parents i went to i went to university in the states and they didn't pay one cent for me why because of tennis so sometimes people think oh you know why i'm gonna play to be a professional no it can open up doors for you you know as you know education is important and sometimes sport can be a way out also or a way to facilitate you going to you know university or college that you wouldn't be able to go to otherwise you know so there you go with the effort and the consistency. I love that word. I really do. That's like, that's like my word of like 2020, even leaning to 2021, because consistency is, is as people like to say, it's key. It's a major it's key. key. If, if like, oh. it's not even about motivation, you know, the work has to get done, you know, it, there's not, there's no cutout around it. It just has to get done. And consistency, like you said, is key to everything. You know, if you want to change a habit or introduce a new habit into your life, you need to be consistent with it until it becomes a habit. You just have to do it. If you don't do it, 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 it won't be done. <laughs> You're writing the next motivational book right now. Wow. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. So many things. So you transitioned from Panama. You went to the States. And um, that's when... So you went, you, went, you went to the States and... The, the economy itself. Mm-hmm. The economy that was in Panama, the economy moved to the States. They moved to the States. Okay. They moved okay, to okay. the States, yes. So they're all over there, you were doing some championships uh, as well? Or you like, were, you, were you just juggling both tennis and school at the same time? How did that work? Yeah, well, the economy always had an agreement with a school where, you know, we would, we would be able to travel. Because, you know, as a tennis player, tennis is a year-long sport, so we have mm-hmm. to travel a lot. Mm-hmm. So we always had an agreement with the school we're working with in order to allow us to, you know, work while we're on the road. And also, if say we miss an exam, we get to do it, you know, on another day when we come back. Okay. You know? So I was always doing that. And I must say that um, I switched academies. I went to, I was with the ITF. The ITF is an international tennis federation. We mm-hmm. have to say they helped me out, you know, travel with expenses and all throughout my junior career. And then I switched to Rick Macy. Uh, I made that move because, you know, Rick Macy had trained, you know, after juniors, you have to transition to professional. Mm-hmm. So there was a coach there that, you know, I had, you know, work. He's, he'd seen me and we, you know, sometimes you're, you're, 
point in your life you feel like you need to change things have been the same all the time i, I needed a change in in my life a, a different perspective on the sport you know okay. so we i switched and i went to rick macy's tennis academy that was near the academy i was with mm-hmm. and with them i tried and i'm gonna be real honest with you i tried to do homeschooling well i must say homeschooling was not for me okay i had told my mom Ma, and I have to say, Macy had the same um, same agreement with a school also. Mm-hmm. But if I did homeschooling, I would be able to play more, and you know, and 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 be have more hours on the on the tennis court. But right. you know, as you're Haitian, you know that education is very important to our parents, right? right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So giving that diploma was a must, and I must say. I am very disciplined, but I could not do homeschooling and work on my own. That right. was something that wasn't for me. And I was honest enough to pick up my phone and tell my mom, mom, I'll never forget that day. If you want me to graduate, I suggest I go back to school. So okay. what we did is I went through the program of the school that the, the academy was with. Okay. I still practiced before. So what my coach did, instead of going to the court, at maybe seven and eight, what he did, he goes, you want to go to school, then you're going to be on the court at 5 a.m. So wow. I did the same thing as if I was homeschooling, I, you know, tennis-wise and fitness-wise. We just did it earlier and later, you know? So... See? Thank you so, so much. See? There you go. Yeah. See? This is where I need you, please, as <laughs> the disciplined person that you are, to lay it out for people who are listening to us who need, again, because recently I've been very, very, um, not mean, but very open to people <laughs> coming up with, I have no patience anymore for excuses. I put myself no. in the, in the, in the, in the pool as well. Anyone saying that they do not have the means, times or resources to get whatever they need done, whether it's write the book, lose the weight, put like, seriously, you're waking up at 5 a.m. to go practice and then go to school and then make your dream happen. What can you tell us about the importance of discipline? See, this is a great example right there. Well, I mean, now today I, I wake up at five because of that. I'm able to work to, to wake up at five, give tennis lessons or do my workout or do my yoga at 530 and then go to work, come back home, play or do yoga or give lesson and, you know, ice my back, stretch and do all that. I mean, it's not easy, but that's that's what I want to do. So I find a way to, to do it because it makes my soul happy. I need that, you know, and, and without it, it's part of me, you know, what can I say? And, and, but you need to have the discipline because I must say, I struggle with my weight, even though I was playing tennis, I, I did struggle with my weight a lot when I was a teenager, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't easy. And like you said, I mean, I did all the diet possible that you would think. And, it's once I was ready, I did it and, and, and it stayed off. You know, I did it because, you know, you, no one can do a diet for you. You no. have to be willing to do it and do it yourself. And, you know, again, like I said, everyone go through the ups and downs. Me, I love eating. And I went through a period when I was from 16 to 18, mm-hmm. I gained a lot of weight and it was hard to, you know, put it down. And once I was ready, I did it. You know, I did it. And now today, it's like, it allowed me to, to to just, when I want to do something, I know that I have to work hard at it and put in the work. If you put in the work, you'll have the results. But 
with all this, you won't have nothing. You, you'll find a way. If it yeah. To you, you'll find a way. Exactly. So proud of you, man. So proud of you. You've definitely, <laughs> you. you know, you've been, you've been a few places. You've been a few places. Wollongaros, Wimbledon, yes. the Olympics. Yes. Yeah. Have you ever, like, when was the moment where you realized, like, oh, my God, tennis got me here? Or did you ever have those moments where you're just like, am I really at Wollongawas right now? Do you ever have a starstruck moment? Like, really? Like, <laughs> well, just, just the Olympics, man. I'm just like, I'm shivering just talking about it. Like, the Olympics. How did that feel, man? Oh, um, th there's no word to describe it. It's just amazing. It's unbelievable. You're surrounded by the best athlete of the world in every sport. You know, and to me being an athlete, it's like, I know each and every single one of us, we worked so hard to be where we are because there's so many other people that that did not make it. So it's the best of the best. And to be part of that is, that's why you work so hard for, you know, to be there in these moments. These are things that, you know, and people seem, seem to not understand. They and don't. I want, to, I want to drive this point home. Guys, it's, it matters so much. If you're going to go after your dream, you need to double down and understand that it's going to take time. It's going to take sacrifice because I'm sure it wasn't easy, Nisa. I'm sure it wasn't no, easy. It wasn't. But when you have to come to the manifestation of what your efforts have brought you, you know, center stage on one of the top athletes you know, stages in the world, like the Olympics, for your sport. And I'm just like, you know what? You can't, whether you make it all the way to the finals or you get eliminated, in the I don't care. This is the Olympics, man. You made it. You have earned your spot here on the yeah. greatest stage of all. And that's something that really needs to tip your hat on. But <laughs> um, we were saying this just off the air as uh, we were pre previously recording. Because um, again, I'm, I thank you for being so comfortable in talking about it. Because you talked about the fact that, okay, you know, your efforts can take you to great heights, but also you have to, you know, be able to be very honest with yourself. And sometimes maybe, sometimes maybe the, the work or sometimes when your, your batteries are drained or you need to take some time off for yourself, you know, a lot of people, especially when we're in that elevated championship uh, dedication performance mindset, when, when you're always going 100% or even 120%, sometimes you realize that, you know, your batteries are drained a long time before and you didn't notice, but you had the forethought to realize that, you know what? maybe I need to hang it up because I was really interested as to what got us to this conversation because you did retire, but I was wondering what led up to that. You know, if you're comfortable talking about it. I left Haiti at 13. Okay. Like I said, and I was day in and day out playing tennis every day of my life. So, and I have to say throughout college. So after college, I was just drained from tennis. I just didn't want to see a racket anymore. I wanted to break from it. And I just didn't know when I was like, going to pick it up again. You know, I just said, I'm done with that sport. I just needed something new in my life. You know, it was nice to just wake up in the morning and not have to work out at five in the morning, you know. Mm -hmm. But again, that was just a vacation because, again, at the end of the core of who I am, I'm still an athlete, you know. So I must say I did not pick up the racket, but I did other things, you know. Mm -hmm. I went to, I, I tried doing, you know, step at the gym, tried to take classes, still stay active, but doing a different activity, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I, you know, I, I cannot not do anything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was enjoying myself. And I must say that my sister-in-law, she had, you know, her kids, she wanted them to play tennis with me. So I started coaching kids, mm -hmm. you know, I started coaching kids. So at least I was still on the tennis court, but without competing. It was a nice feeling 
having no stress, but still, you know, installing the knowledge of the sport that you love so much into a new generation, you know? So that was nice to, you know, to have a breather, you know, to, to just see life differently, you know, as a, well, I'm not going to say as a spectator, but not as a com- competitor, you see? So mm-hmm. it was just easy, you know, I was working and doing that. So I was just enjoying taking vacation because I've never had vacation. My vacation was, you know, come home, see my family and then go back to work. Now I could take vacation, like go to, I don't know, New York and and not have to stress. So it was a nice break, you know, but then the earthquake happened. Then my lesson stops and, you know, life kind of changed in Haiti. So you go through your ups and downs when you no longer have your, you know, your, when you're an athlete, too, you're, you're constantly com- competing and that's what you, you, you wake up and do. And I, I woke up a little lost, you know, not having tennis anymore, no tennis lessons. It, it, it was a, it was a tough time, you know, then I got pregnant with my son and, you know, like I told you, he was born prematurely, but throughout my pregnancy, it wasn't easy. So, you know, I had to to leave Haiti in a hurry to give birth in the States. He was born two months and a half early, then four months with a machine and, you know, going back and forth for checkups. So I decided after, you know, after we came back to Haiti after six months, because we got the okay from the doctors that Mm -hmm. I was not going to, I was not going to get, and nanny, I'm the one that's going to take care of my son. So I wasn't mm-hmm. working. I was taking care of him. But I had something keeping my mind busy, you know? So, you know, you go through, down and then you had something that happened that kept your mind off of why you were down. So once my son started going to school and I found myself no tennis lessons, no job, it was a tough time. You know, I, I was really lost. And slowly I started going to the club, walking, just walking Going, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't even working out either. It's like, I, it's like I was off for a little bit. And then I was like, no, you know, you need to keep going. So I started walking at the, the club where the, my dad was coaching. So just being around tennis again, you know, cause I was walking the golf course, but tennis was present. I started giving lessons again, mm-hmm. you know? So that was nice to, to be back on the court. And then, you know, one thing led to another as my, my son got older, I started taking him to his lessons. And then now I start seeing, you know, the, the Jean-Luc and Joel playing. And I, I decided to, you know, give it a try. And, you know, I'm not going to say I was going off then, but it started like maybe once every two weeks and once a week, you know, and then slowly I started. And then in November, 2019, that's boom. the day I said, boom, I need, I need to be back in the court. And my journey back to tennis was there. And I must say, today, I, I've never felt so good. Within. It's nice. Never it's, felt so it's good. It's amazing. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. There's confetti and fireworks and high-fiving going on right now virtually. <laughs> it's, oh, it's, it's, a very, it's a very heartwarming feeling because I thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing, uh, sharing your yeah. story with us. Because a lot of people need to understand that, you know what, even if you're high-performing, even if you want that dream, sometimes it's important to always look within, as you said. To, you know, just sure. really ask, you know, really assess where you are. And if you need to take a break, it's okay. If Nisa no, can is. actually take a break, it's okay. And you need to focus on your priorities. You know, for yeah, you, it you was do. your son. 
And a lot of people, unfortunately, sometimes they say, no, I want this dream. I want this dream. I want this dream. I need to go. I need to go. I need to make this happen. I, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. And sometimes to their detriment, but you took the responsible choice because I don't hear regret in your voice. I really no. don't. You know, it's something no. that you made fully and heartly. And of course, you came out the other end, even a bigger champion right now. It's a, it's an amazing <laughs> feeling. Thank but you. I thank you for sharing that because it's a great example yeah. to people listening to us who need that little bit of reassurance of comparison, sure. showing that, you know what, it's okay to take a break. It's okay yeah. to pull the plug and reassess what matters to you. I'm no, so proud is. of you for that. Thank you. And I, and I must add one thing too, because, Please. Um, you know, a lot of people for me, a lot of people, you know, I started in November, 2019 and then COVID happened in Haiti and my husband and I, you know, seeing what was happening around the world. So I just picked up the racket again for me. And then we decided that we're going to put ourselves in confinement. And I stayed in confinement for three months. And it, it was, the first two weeks were tough, but I have to say, I always try to look at the positive of everything. And mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone is listening or, cause I know COVID is hard for a lot of people. Haiti, we're not closed like the rest of the world that is closing right now, but I've always wanted to do yoga. And I must say, I started doing yoga and today yoga is part of my life every single day now on top of tennis. But yoga helped me realize that we need to live in the moment. We cannot control what's happening around us. And let's tap within us while, you know, for me, while working out, but also finding that peacefulness inside. And I must say yoga for me had, who was a, such a great addition to my life, right? It's, it's incredible. Really? And not to say how it's helped me on the tennis court also, now that I'm back, amazing. I do yoga every single day of my life. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, now I'm sold. I'm curious. <laughs> I do my little workouts at home, you know, I just like, because, you know, and even shoveling snow is all I work on this stuff. But, you know, just hearing you talk about yoga, I was like, okay, man, I feel, I feel energized. Okay, maybe I should try yoga. <laughs> Okay. I'm just writing down, okay, YouTube, yoga, (laughs) let me do that. No, it's amazing. But again, you know, I know I'm a little disciplined. So I was at home. I didn't know what to do. Nowadays with YouTube, like you said, YouTube is my coach. But what I would do, and I would suggest people to do that, if they decide to try on that journey, that path, is to film yourself. Mm -hmm. So you get to see how you're doing the exercises. So you can do it better you know, and better. And, and, and if you're doing it wrong, cause you, you're not going to see yourself, you know, if you're not filming. And then that's what I did. I started doing that film myself and every time, okay, I did this wrong next time. Let's do this better and better. And then now it, it's unbelievable, but I'm talking mentally, physically, every, it's, it's just one of the best thing that ever happened to me. Wow. To introduce you guys to my life. Nice. <laughs> for real well, i had um i know we're coming out of top of the hour i don't want to keep you i know it's getting late but just i had two last questions though um Go still ahead. circling back to um <laughs> to uh the finals um uh, of course mm-hmm. if people want to check out the match go on youtube i will link it to the episode when they want to go live but i have to bear the lead okay you didn't win but mm-hmm. uh when kako gave you the mic to actually just uh, say your parting words and words of thanks to the championship and stuff you could have done done just like you know hey okay thank you for everything but the way you said, I came back for the women, for the girls. 
okay, from the culture that I grew up in, because we're not going to hide from it. Haiti is a still very male-centered macho society. Yeah. Uh, so those words, and I don't mean that condescending, but unfortunately, we have to own our culture. We have to own who we are. And yeah. I know I have a responsibility towards my daughter to be a better man for her. But just hearing you say that as the sole woman on the championship, you know, that was really heartwarming. But just opening up the floor, how can we do better for our little girls? How can we do better for the women? And, you know, how can we open up? To, is it, you know, the fact that tennis is not accessible to women or they're afraid? How can we do better, Nisa? Just opening up the floor. Just a random question. Just like that. Yeah. How do you feel? About I, I just think, as you know, you're Haitian. He, Haitian, Haitian parents, especially nowadays, they don't push kids women you know they don't they have a girl automatically they go dancing you know they don't think about a sport for the girls and i just think that you know parents it's it's not with the parents it's the parents you know when you're three years old it's the parents that decide where the kids goes first you know and i just hope that seeing me perform and play shows them that you know we women we can play and we can compete with the men it's only them that can play sports. We can. And we can we can beat them and we can do better, you know, and, and we can compete with them. And some girls they don't want to dance. They want to play tennis. They want to play sport. And I shouldn't I think we should encourage it. You know, and to me it was so heartwarming. I'll never forget the girls, they were their girls playing now and they were watching me play. And when I want to see how they were happy for me. It's, it's, it's just amazing. And I just hope that this, me being back on the court can just empower girls to just go out there and pick up the racket and go play because you can play. Sports is for everyone, no matter your gender. You can. Wow. Wow. And the mic drops. <laughs> Man, uh, it's, it's, uh, you don't see me right now, but I am grinning because it's, it's a, it's a very, me it's too. a very so sincere happy. privilege, uh, to be able to share uh, this space with you, Nisa, because, you know, this is all about what we try to promote on the program. Just try to take, you know, little nuggets from someone's particular journey, you know, through the, as you said, you know, the peaks and valleys, the ups and downs, we all go through some stuff, but you know what? There's always a little bit that we can do, you know, pick from our own stories and if it can help someone going forward i really 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 want to thank you for this amazing oh. time and it's a privilege <laughs> i really want to thank you for your time because time is precious oh. and i say that all the time but for me it no. was both a thrill to catch up with a friend and of course an honor to have you on as a guest thank you so much for being here oh likewise it's such i'm so happy to talk to you you, you it's it's amazing it's you know taking me back to our to our youth great time and you know what 25 years later it's like as if we've we've seen each other you things know don't <laughs> things don't change like you know some memories stay yeah. with you and they die hard they die hard. exactly it's it's a pleasure to be with you for we real. have a running tradition on the podcast the last question is always an open floor question to the guests just like it's not even uh -huh. a question it's like you know a particular quote a sonnet a favorite song lyric or something i, I call it anything <laughs> someone can wake up tomorrow and pick and use as a next step towards their next level whatever it might be what would you get what would you give them as a word of wisdom word of wisdom is wake up you need to okay i i say you know positive energy wake up every day try to find one thing that you want to accomplish but one positive thought and just go with that nice nice <laughs>
<laughs> wow, some people come up with the most. It, it's so simple and yet so powerful. Thank you so much for that. Oh. Wow, wow, I really appreciate you, man. Seriously, if uh, if any of the listeners, you know, following this recording, want to connect with you on the interwebs, any particular place we can connect with you? Um, I, I'm on Instagram. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's Instagram's it. I'm, better. Yeah, Instagram. Okay. That's the okay. only place. Twitter. Also, I I need to go back on it, but I don't really go on it but i'm on twitter and instagram okay okay so i'll okay. link that up on the blog post once it goes live not a problem so i'll make sure that uh, everybody has the links Naysaiten, i can't say anything more amazing individual terrific mother go-getter champion accomplished individual and a woman of so many so many accolades i can't thank you enough for your time nisa guys if you want to connect with nisa make sure to check out the blog post yet again awakeningawesome.ca when the episode goes live as always if you find some value or worth into this episode please make sure to share it all the platforms apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, instagram you can always tag us it's a pleasure to always be able to serve you on this journey stay blessed stay safe and as always do stay awesome this has been another episode of the awaken the awesome podcast We always love to get your feedback, so please do drop us a line via Instagram, Facebook, or email. Our email address, awakentheawesome at gmail.com. Do visit our official website at awakentheawesome.ca, where you can find our entire back catalog of episodes and incredible guests. Also, if you haven't already, please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, give us a rating, and leave us a review, as this helps us tremendously in growing this podcast and spreading the word to more awesome listeners like you. We always appreciate your support and thank you for listening. Stay awesome.